Welcome to episode 16 of Social Anxiety Life. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the role of social anxiety with specific reference to different celebrations at this time of year, but with a notable reference to Christmas. Please keep tuned because at the end of the episode, we'll be providing a very exciting announcement. So please stay tuned. Okay, so one aspect of the Christmas period that can be really challenging for people with social anxiety are large gatherings. Now that could be with family, with friends, or through your workplace. We've had an anonymous contribution here from someone who says, I have a couple of work socials to attend in the next weeks. So pretty nervous already, dreading the standing around making chit chat as I struggle to do so. They always seem to talk about something I know nothing about or am not interested in. It upsets my stomach mostly and fills my head with negative self thoughts. There's a lot there to unpick, isn't there? I think there's within that, contribution there's things that we've discussed before i know that we've talked about the standing around the chit chat the not knowing what to say when people are talking about maybe a common theme or common interest and you feel that you don't have anything to to say but i don't know about you but i think there is value in being a listener absolutely i think there's value in listening to what other people have to say and you're listening really intently to what they're saying and it's almost picking up on what they're talking about and you're making your body language fairly obvious that you're interested in it and maybe is that enough to do that i would argue that it that it is enough you know it's it's about if you are a naturally introverted or socially anxious person that there is nothing negative about being a person who listens to others because everyone likes to be listened to I think it's actually quite a nice thing if you're intently listening to someone because that's a way of making connection you know, some people like to talk a lot and others don't. But by listening, you're still making those connections, but just not as obviously. It also brings into the fray the the issue of small talk, which we discussed in quite um, quite a lot of depth in episodes 12 and 13. I think with the amount of potential events that you've been asked to attend during this period it might be work it might be family any sort of other things that maybe don't happen at previous times of the year having those prolonged conversations or those extended conversations in more situations than you normally would it's probably no surprise that at this time of the year it brings it brings those effects of being overwhelmed much more to the fore yeah well as you said at times like christmas you know that there are going to be more events you're going to probably get more invites to things and it's quite difficult because there is a sort of extra 
expectation around Christmas. I don't know if you feel that, but sometimes I feel even more pressure around the Christmas period to say yes to people and to say yes to events because it's Christmas and it's a nice time of year. And especially when it's like a work thing, you know, you know that most of the people you work with will be going. So you almost feel bad for being the person that doesn't go. But then should you, should you feel bad for not going? I think on one hand, there's some people may feel the pressure to participate in these things. So engaging those activities despite your you know the desire to withdraw or avoid the social situation altogether the other side of me feels that it's almost now thinking about attending the social situations is it within your control your you can decide whether you want to go to them and put yourself through these things the overthinking the awkwardness the not knowing what to say or deciding well actually i don't want to put myself through that so i'd rather not go yeah then though you think by saying no to not going Mm -hmm. that then you're going to be susceptible to what other people think about that decision that you've made yeah and and that's i guess again where we've touched so much upon the overthinking so even by not going to the event, that overthinking still kicks in because you worry, as you said, about what people will think about the fact that you've made the decision to not go. So it's almost like you can't win. You know, if I go, I'll be worried about what people are thinking of me, how I come across. If I don't go, what are people going to think of me for not going? They may be usefully. It's, you know, within our job, there's a very big focus on having evidence base for things that you that you do. And it makes me think that within these situations, if you have some kind of script or some kind of thing or phrase or whatever, that if you've made a decision not to go, or you don't want to go, what you can say to people to get your point across. So for example, if I've been asked to go to something and I don't want to go, I think being assertive and saying, I don't want to go because Mm -hmm. I have social anxiety and my social anxiety makes me feel like this. So therefore I'm going to spend some time alone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think if you're, that's a great thing to do if you are comfortable with speaking quite openly and honestly about your social anxiety. I know in the past when I've maybe not been as comfortable to say something like that, I have just done the sort of thing that I think a lot of people do of just making up an excuse, saying I've got plans somewhere else or saying I can't I can't go because of this reason, you know, which again, it's a, an avoidance thing. But if it's what you need to do, then I've definitely done that in the past for social events. It's figuring out what works best for you. And if thinking of an excuse for not going satisfies satisfies how you're feeling about what the other people will think because if you said for example i'm not feeling well yeah then you're not feeling well and you're not going and that's that other people just think oh they're just unwell they're they're spending some time at home when actually if you said i'm not going because i have social anxiety and my social anxiety makes me feel like this in the situation yeah it comes back to that 
other people's views that the, the other people who treat it sensitively will mm -hmm. say i understand that you have social anxiety how can i help what would make it easier for you what would help you get through it yeah but actually even as i'm saying that you shouldn't have to sort of get through it no get through is probably the wrong word it's more like what can be provided to make you more comfortable yeah would you so you on a personal level would you be comfortable enough let's say there was like a christmas event that you were invited to would you be comfortable enough to say to whoever it was i'm not coming because of my social anxiety it's a difficult one because i have said it mm -hmm. uh but i know some people wouldn't get it yeah but I know as a result of this series of podcasts we've done, people get it more. Yeah. But I would feel more confident now if someone's asking me to a social event over the holiday period and I didn't want to go, I'd probably say so. Yeah. I, I find large groups uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I find I, the, this is how it manifests itself per, uh, physically with me. Yeah. And I'd rather not put myself through it. Don't get me wrong, I have been to social events mm -hmm. over the um, holiday period. And I just think of work, I think of other sort of social things over the uh, period. And it's as we've alluded to before, you either push yourself through it, you might have a little bit of flavoured water to get yourself through it. Yeah. And you end up do getting through it. And it actually ends up being okay in yeah. the end but it's all that stuff that happens before the actual yeah. event itself which we've talked about so many times yeah before i think the addition of when you talk about christmas specifically i think there's the addition of the heightened sensory stuff that happens at christmas so you've got like your decorations you've got lights you've got christmas music you've got uh christmas traditions as it were and I just think those those things culminated together, it is overwhelming. More specifically, if you identify as neurodivergent. Yeah. But I also think if you have social anxiety and you've got all those other things going on all together, it can become too much. Yeah, absolutely. And it almost then thinks about if you if you're thinking about sort of family events or things close to home if we take that example of saying no because they have social anxiety saying it to your family mm -hmm. may be extremely difficult because there's traditions that have been in place for numbers of years and it's expected that you go yes to those things and saying that i don't know how you'd feel i don't know how i'd feel yeah I, I sort of agree that i almost feel like it it would be harder to say no to family than to a work a work deal work function it's interesting because you think about the dynamics of families and how they work uh, another anonymous facebooker mm. got in touch with us and said that when they were young lots of people used to visit but it's just me my parents and a close friend this year now I read into that, that this person potentially, I think has said what they wanted or 
I don't know whether it's naturally come to that. Yeah. That setup, but it sounds to me like that person's taken control of the situation and they're in a setup for celebrating this year in the way that they feel more comfortable, which can only be a good thing. Yeah. Well, they've put a, a very happy looking emoji after that. So that to me says, that's what I want. You know, having a really small group of people at Christmas is what suits me, um, which I think probably applies to a lot of people. I think it's what if you have to go to them or you feel you need to go to them, it's what can you do to support yourself Yeah. through those. So, you know, scheduling, I know we've said, you know, if you are neurodivergent, it helps to schedule things and to make obvious your schedules to other people so that you know when the time is yeah for that social contact and you know you'd bring your sensory tools with you you'd you'd have a space to go to as you need to so you've got that outside space yeah where if it's just a bit too much but i suppose within those situations in particular there are things that stress people particularly about presents and maybe gift giving mm. And worrying about how those gifts and presents are received and perceived by other people. And Charity via Instagram got in touch with us and she said that the anticipation and lead up to Christmas can be terrifying for those who suffer from it, it as in social anxiety. Expectations to attend work parties, buying gifts, just thinking you are behind in preparations and everyone is ready yeah yeah that sums it up yeah i mean i've i've had so many conversations even just in the last few days about people saying have you bought any christmas presents yet have you done this have you done and you can see the panic that people have that as you said that they're behind or what presents am i going to get and and worry and that's almost just a whole other layer to Mm. the social anxiety about actually having to be around people you know sometimes you know i've done it before where you know I've got to get something for someone. I just go to the shop and think, right, that'll do. Yeah. That'll do. Like quick decision. Quick decision. And then it's almost sometimes when you're the receiver of a gift, mm. as it were, and you're in that social environment where you are presented yes. with the gift oh. and you've opened the gift and in your head you're thinking, oh, my goodness, what is what is that? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But you don't want to perceive you don't want to show that no, to other people because not. that's considered not very nice or it's yeah. considered rude and it's act is that acting appropriately yeah when you get the gift but i've even had that where i've opened a gift and actually really liked it but because i've got like maybe five people all looking at me i've actually had the worry before that Mm-hmm. Do I actually look like I like it? Because I actually do. Yeah. But is that what my face is showing? Like that overthinking to that level of, no, I actually really like this gift. Do I look like I like it? I hope they realise I really do like it. And then you just. <laughs> it's the expected reaction. So yeah. the expected reaction, I see this more neurotypically. So neurotypical reaction to me might be you cheer you might hug them you might go <laughs> overboard yeah. oh thanks so much i love it and everything yeah. but part of me thinks that's this sounds really bad but so i think that's a bit fake 
Oh, but would you? Ever and a bit say... over the top, but you wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if would you if you didn't like a present though. Would you ever actually say that? Could you imagine? Like you got you get a gift, and you literally don't like it. Just like no, thank you. And it's like I don't like it. <laughs> oh no, that would be awful. It's yeah. the truth. It's the truth, though. It's a, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and that brings about you know the perceived comparison with other people during festivities or gift exchanges and that sort of fear of judgment. Yeah. But I suppose as well, it's balancing out with, you know, you're in control of this. Yeah. You shouldn't let your actions be dictated by uh, other people. Yeah. Bringing on a little bit further now, there was another anonymous Facebook contribution from someone who does have social anxiety, but that person has social anxiety with strangers and that's exacerbated by if it's in a strange or new place. When they're with people that I know well, they know well, sorry, and in a comfortable location, they're absolutely fine. But adding the unexpected, that's when the social anxiety comes to the fore. Yeah. I get that. I really do understand. Yeah, that. No, I get that. Because, you know, there's you might end up spending Christmas with like a partner's family or with a friend and there's other people there that you don't know or you sort of know a little bit. And as you said, I think being in an environment that is less familiar to you can be really quite triggering for social anxiety because, you know, you're in this new environment or even maybe environment that you've visited a few times and, you know, things might be done differently to how you're used to them being done and you're sort of trying to figure out where you fit and what you should do and and that can be really challenging so it comes down to what you want does it what you want and how you want to spend the time yeah yeah it does but then i suppose that that's the pressures come in so it should be about what you want to do but then obviously there's always going to be those expectations if you have family or certain people want to see you over Christmas I suppose it, it's that that question of do you follow what you want to do or is does there need to be a balance there well let's open that up to our particularly our Spotify listeners yes. through a question would you feel confident enough to say to people whether it's work colleagues or family what you want to do at Christmas in light of your social anxiety. And actually, would you, you would you say the word social anxiety yeah. to those people? It would be very interesting to hear what uh, people think. Yeah, definitely. To contrast the sort of family dynamics a little bit more, quite abruptly, actually, there's another contribution that came in through um, Facebook. And this person talks about family um, but particularly reference to their mother. And they say that after their mother passed away, they actually didn't like Christmas at all. Yeah. They didn't like anything to do with it whatsoever. And that feeling of having nothing to celebrate for at all. But in contrast, over the last five years, that's changed now to absolutely loving the whole Christmas period. And they also say, being in a good place in their life 
and they still think of that person they still think of their mum they light a candle for her and it's almost now as if that's there's been a complete change with it which is very admirable it's very yeah. very good to hear and it's because... lovely to hear that that it's changed so much for her yeah i think you know when you've lost people at christmas or christmas reminds you of those times yeah. It is it is difficult, but again, that how you deal with it is a very personal thing. Because some people I know become can become very withdrawn, yeah, and just want to spend it on their own to do their own thing. You know, I've spent Christmas on my own. Some of it enforceably because I had COVID yes. a couple of years yeah. ago, so I had to spend Christmas on my own, and it was fine. It was yeah. absolutely fine and you know i had all my food in that i needed i did what i needed to do and that was it yeah i suppose the way that christmas is kind of shown to people is oh it's a time for family it's a time to be together and that undoubtedly adds to the pressure and the expectations as you said for people who've maybe lost people or or people who are on their own you can see why it would be such a challenging time of year and almost sort of comparing your situation to others you know that could be quite difficult you you said you were fine on your own and i think quite enjoyed it but i suppose that's not going to be the case for everyone that's right and i think another contribution that's coming through facebook is there's somebody who loves christmas and i can empathize with that that there are lots of bits of christmas that i do like it says though they say to go on it hits them really bad in january right after the holiday mm -hmm. so i draw a comparison there between we've talked before about you've gone to a social event and you need that that recovery time afterwards to put that you put all of this into it yeah and you're just exhausted afterwards yeah I see that because I know when it gets to January, it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's all over now. Yeah, well, yeah, there's so much expectation. And I suppose if you are someone that is going and visiting lots of people and you're having to sort of put on the, the social side of you, um, as you said, really exhausting. And then, yeah, I've sort of experienced that as well. It sort of hits you in January and you need a bit of time on your own just to, to regroup. Now, we also recognise that, this period for people can be hard yeah it could be difficult there's a lot going on and it's essential that if you are feeling low down you know really anxious depressed even over the holiday period it's important to think about what support you might try and access yeah now there's sort of informal support out there you know, there's many Facebook groups such as Social Anxiety UK, you know, our podcast page, there's people mm -hmm. who talk on there. There's also a wonderful initiative on Twitter or X, as it's called now, that the comedian Sarah Milligan runs a hashtag called Join In. Yeah. And she just puts that on, I think, just before uh, Christmas Day itself. And people just tag what they, they just type what they're doing hashtag join in and you'll be amazed about how many people respond mm. to it so that brings a sort of together the it's being social 
Yeah. But without being doing it in person, which is a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. To do. Um, I think if it's more serious than that, mm -hmm. then we'd signpost organisations such as the Samaritans to talk to. Yeah, I think I think the message here is if you are having a hard time through the holidays, then do reach out. That's right. I think bringing it all together now in this episode, there's a lot, there's a lot of things out there which we've talked about in previous episodes, but this period of the year, I think you can, it can all hit you at the same time. And it's really important that you think carefully about, for me, if you're being asked to go to this, this, and this, mm -hmm. it's okay not to go to all of them. Yeah. It's okay not to go at all to them. It's okay to go for some of it. Mm -hmm. I know people that will go to, for example, to the drink spit at the start or after the meal. Yeah. Because you're at least you're mobile and you're moving around. And they don't go to the dinner bit because you're sat down there and talking. Yeah. And you shouldn't really care about what the other people think. No. But I realise that's extremely yeah. difficult uh, to do that. Yeah. And if you want to spend your Christmas visiting people and and spending time with different people, great. But equally, if, if you're, what's going to make you happy is to be on your own to just have a nice cosy day at home, get some nice food in and watch the TV, then do it. Yeah, I think the phrase that comes to mind is, I was looking on uh, Facebook actually, just before we started this, um, recording this episode, and there is a Facebook group, which is a walking group called the Proper Blokes Club. Yeah. And actually they have a walk in Streatham, and I haven't actually been to it. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a very important message on there saying control the controllable. Oh, I like that. Which I think is a nice phrase yeah. to end on. I think be daring, yeah. be daring to say what you want and what you need. Absolutely. Now, we said at the start of the episode okay. that we've got some exciting news to share so with exciting. our listeners. So, Sarah, would you like to tell everybody what it is? Oh, no, I wouldn't take that away from you, Simon. Go for it. Well, the news is that we've reached the end of season one. We've got 16 episodes in season one, and it makes a lot of sense to us, and we would like to progress with a season two. So we will start recording season two episodes in January and some of the episodes that we are intending to do within season two are the role of phones and social anxiety, social anxiety and body image, the sensory overload contribute to social anxiety and actually probably the most exciting one actually will be the first episode of season two and it's reimagining social anxiety about whether actually it can be a positive yeah. thing rather than a negative one yeah so we're looking forward to recording and sharing those with you in january absolutely and we just want to say a really big thank you to everyone who continues to listen to our podcast we've hit i think we've surpassed now 
1,600 listens. So thank you for everyone who continues to listen and also to people who continue to contribute to our episodes. Uh, all it remains for us to say is to wish you a wonderful festive celebration. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye.